Hello, and welcome to the Finance House podcast. My name is Polina, and I'm joined by my co-host, Luke. Hey, what's up, Polina? What's been happening this week? Tesla warned that constraints in its supply chain would weigh on the electric car maker's results through 2022 as it reported a record net profit of $2.3 billion in the fourth quarter of 2021. The quarterly figures demonstrated that the electric vehicle pioneer led by Elon Musk had deftly navigated the supply chain congestion and chip shortages that have plagued the rest of the car industry. But on Wednesday, Tesla said in an earnings announcement that its factories have been running below capacity for several quarters as the supply chain became the main limiting factor and a trend likely to continue through 2022. Despite supply chain woes, Musk said Tesla's volume growth this year should be comfortably above 50%. Last year, Tesla delivered 936,222 vehicles, an annual gain of 87%. Musk also pledged to solve full self-driving technology in 2022, a claim he has made in prior years without success. Industry experts were skeptical that Tesla could achieve its self-driving ambitions, but that has not stopped the company from selling its driver-assist features for $10,000. Over the long term, Musk said full self-driving features would become a core part of Tesla's profitability, turning cars from depreciation assets into products that increase in value over time as owners can lease them out to earn revenue. Tesla's new quarterly profit of $2.3 billion was 760% higher than a year earlier, but nevertheless below the $2.55 billion expected by Wall Street. The company has recorded 10 straight quarters of net profits. Despite recent supply chain headwinds, the company called 2021 a breakthrough year, adding that its operating margin of 14.7% was better than all volume car makers, demonstrating that electric vehicles can be more profitable than combustion engine vehicles. Luke, what do you have for us today? The UK government has incurred losses of almost £10 billion on buying back PPE as it sought to meet the unprecedented demand we met at the height of the pandemic. The figures, revealed by the Department of Health and Social Care's annual report, show that roughly £4 billion of this impairment was due to equipment that was either defective, unsuitable or surplus to requirements. The biggest loss relates to an adjustment of £4.7 billion to the year-end valuation of PPE. Now, this is because the market price of the stock was by then lower than the price that the government had paid. There's also an additional issue of writing down a further £1.2 billion in advance orders held at March 31st last year. It cannot be cancelled, even though above the current market price was paid. They include items that cannot be used for their intended purpose, or which will have passed their expiry date before they can be deployed. The department said in the report that the rapid rise in international infection rates during the early stages of the pandemic had created unparalleled demand for PPE and resulted in a highly competitive global market where many countries imposed export bans. The possibility that contracts might not perform and that supplies were priced at a premium needed to be balanced against the risk to the health of frontline workers, the NHS and the public if we failed to get the PPE so desperately needed, the report said. The government's PPE procurement system during the pandemic has been widely criticised, 
And just last month, the High Court ruled that ministers acted unlawfully in operating a special VIP lane for potential suppliers who had links with politicians or senior officials. As for the excess, some has been sold and donated to companies in other countries, and further donations, including to the UN, were expected. However, many will be recycled, adding that by April, the expectation is that two lead waste management providers will be contracted to begin this process for selected PPE items. So in a highly competitive global market, where many countries impose export bans, we acted swiftly to obtain 30,000 ventilators by the end of June 2020, and we had delivered over 17.5 billion items of PPE to the front line, with 97% of PPE we ordered being suitable for use, the government has commented. So some could say, although the excess may seem a lot in monetary value, the trade-off from buying too little has an extreme value loss beyond the current monetary write-down. You're listening to the Finance Isles podcast, and up next, we have winners and losers of the week. Our biggest winner this week is Arrival, and they're listed under the tag ARVL on the NASDAQ, and today they're up 15%. Arrival focuses on the design, assembly, and distribution of commercial electric vehicles worldwide. Its portfolio of EVs include commercial EV vans, buses, and cars. The company was founded in 2015 and it's based in Luxembourg. So in November last year, Arrival provided a financial update and told investors that its expected costs had increased with plans to assemble its battery modules in-house. It's worked to ensure an extended timeframe of battery cell line capacity and higher operating expenses related to raw materials and the initial factory needs. And this in turn slowed the rate of expansion. And of course, none of this news was welcomed by investors. Since then, the price has been steady and steadily low. But now Arrival has made headway with its overall plans. Its electric bus entered the testing stage last month, ahead of public road trials and certification. And it unveiled the design of their electric car that is built in concert with the ride hauling company, Uber Technologies. So as Arrival are set to begin production, their buses in the second quarter of this year, Recent company announcements have increased investor confidence in this delivery. I believe we are only at the start of the upside for Arrival. On top of this, the electric van is set to begin production in the third quarter of 2022. And I think markets are beginning to price in all this preparation for stock. Curate is listed on the NASDAQ under the tech QRTEA. Its shareholders saw red on Friday as their stock fell over 21% compared to a slight decline in the broader market. The TV shopping giant had been outperforming the market so far in 2022, but the decline pushed the returns well below the 10% decline that's been logged in in the S&P 500 to date. Shares fell due to a surprisingly weak business update issued by the company. Curate, which owns seven leading video retailing brands, including QVC and HSN, said in a preliminary earnings update that revenue is on pace to drop by between 8% and 9% for the key holiday shopping quarter that ended on December 31st. 
Most investors were expecting a much more modest decline. Adjusted earnings would take a bigger hit too, dropping by as much as 20%. Executives said that actual earnings results might be even worse after accounting for a fire that impacted its North Carolina fulfillment center. But the poor sales trends reflected market share losses too. We are not pleased with these results, management said in a press release, and are actively taking steps to improve our long-term performance. Curate has a new CEO as of early October, and investors are hoping that this leadership change can help the company shift to a better operating performance. In other ways, though, the weak performance could open the door for more aggressive strategic shifts, especially around cutting costs. That's the news. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next week.